Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rooting Around podcast, a podcast where we talk about countries around the world. I'm Kevin. Tom. And I'm in. We are going to Somalia. Ever been? <laughs> no. Much like last week, it's not a place that's got a particularly good press for the holiday maker. No. It's got a good press for pirates, though. Yeah. Did you do much reading about pirates? Uh, no, but I watched Tom Hanks's film. I'm I'd... the captain now. I didn't even click that that's where the modern day pirates were from when I was doing research for this, which I found yeah, out, which is really, Africa. really dumb. There is well, it's the whole coastline, isn't it? Yeah. Conveniently the longest coastline on mainland Africa. Ah, oh, that's one of my very few facts you just How does that work? Isn't the whole doesn't the whole of Africa you mean like the longest coastline of a country? Yeah. Doesn't South Africa have like a coastline all around? So yeah, but... Somalia. Yeah, and also maybe Somalia is more like jagged. Like Norway's got the longest coast in Europe because it's all inlets and shit, isn't it? Fair. But it comes up in the in the horn, but it's massive. It's massive. It is big, and it's also in the cent. Like it's quite close to the equator, so the Mercato, Mercato uh, whatever it's called, map projection makes it look smaller than it is. Mm. And South Africa's at this in the south, so South Africa may look bigger than it actually is as well. I just feel like South Africa's massive. Yeah. It probably is, but Somalia is massive because it is six hundred and forty thousand square kilometers big, which is a whole two hundred and forty six Luxembourgs and thirty Waleses. How many South Africas? That's a very good question. <sighs> Come on, Ed, give us some maths. Come on. You're the moon man. It's 1.9 Somalia's inside one South Africa. So South Africa's much bigger. Oh, wow. shit. Okay, fair. Must have a really boring coast then, South Africa. Not much going on. Just no, it's, it's very, very popular for, for wildlife. It's one of the best, best in the world. Yeah, but it doesn't have the inlets of a Somalia, does it? It can't do. <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm not sure it, it does have lots of inlets. It's got a couple of islands up, uh, um, I think, that it shares with Yemen. I have to then... say, that fact really surprises me. Like The coastline. I mean, yeah, it, it must be true, because if both of you found the same research, the same in your research, but it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it is quite big. And because it's two different, like, it's a triangle, isn't it, kind of, like, the, the country? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of coastline. Capital Mogadishu. Population seventeen million. That's twenty-eight Luxembourgs and five point six Waleses, which is not that big for the territory. I know very little about Mogadishu, except for the film Black Hawk Down, which I've not seen. Don't they have a a Black Hawk Down museum? Is that based on a true story? It is, isn't it? Black Hawk Down, yeah, yeah. What's in the museum? But I think, the, uh, well, I think just hawk. models of of helicopters and broken ones. <laughs> Bunch of broken ones. I, mean, I love it. Some kid brings his toy helicopter and, the, and like the, the, the attendant just nicks it off him, stamps on it, and it puts up a little sign being like, new exhibition today. Like, or just a bunch of small ho- hawks. That'd be great. So, yeah. Um, I did a bit of fact checking. So, Somalia has three thousand three hundred and thirty-three kilometers of coastline, and South Africa has three thousand. So it's only three hundred kilometers longer. Oh, that's that's oh, quite a lot. That's like three Luxembourgs in length. Fair. So massive. That is huge. Oh yeah, what were you saying about Mogadishu before I rudely interrupted? Just how little I know about it. Oh, right. <laughs> well, it's uh, one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world. I've got, I've actually got... 2,000 years, at least. I've, I've got a little Mogadishu fact, actually. In spite of saying I knew nothing about it, it actually inspired, allegedly, the name of the island Madagascar. No shit. Uh, so the capital city of Somalia is Mogadishu, as we know, uh, which ended up being the inspiration for Madagascar's name. Legend has it that the Venetian merchant Marco Polo mistakenly... What the fuck was he doing there? Mistakenly confused Madagascar with Mogadishu. When he arrived in Madagascar and thought he had arrived in Mogadishu, mm. and then he misspelled it, leading to the Madagascar we know and love. 
No wow. way. He's he's, uh, he's fucked up a lot. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was dicking around in China. Ah, uh, you know, cartographer, it's, right? Everyone. It, it's a it's a shame that they didn't name like misname Madagascar any later because something funny about the Mogadishu city name is in the seventies there was a bit of a boom of uh, Somali disco music. And they called it <laughs> Maga Disco. <laughs> oh, God. That's fantastic. That is yeah, great. that's very good. I like it. You know that... Oh, God. I've got some I've got some really bog-standard facts about Madagascar. Oh, Madagascar? Mogadishu. They found uh, prehistoric rock paintings dating back to... Dating back 5,000 years. No. Which, isn't, which isn't that old. <laughs> Um, in parts of Somalia, um, uh, it's home to Africa's earliest known and most pristine rock art at Las Gil. These paintings depict an insight into life in Somalia over 5,000 years ago, detailing antelopes, cattle, giraffe, and hunters carrying bows and arrows. A group of local men live near, in near a cave protecting the sacred paintings. 5,000 years ago. That's not that long. It's not that long. I'm fairly well, sure. that's when the dinosaurs were. Yes. That's what that's what the the church tells us anyway. I'm I'm sure that there were some civilizations that had paper. Three thousand BC. Surely. This must be a typo. Fifty yeah, if, I feel like it must be fifty thousand. Yeah, if they if they know that that city's been like populated with large populations for two thousand years. And and didn't didn't you say it's like the oldest in Africa? Oh, what the oldest paintings? Tom, yeah, just yeah, that. yeah. There's, there's no way. Earliest known and most pristine rock art, five thousand years. Maybe uh, maybe I've been taking this from like a really really weird Christian website <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Shall I give you some national symbols? Yes. Yeah. We've got the flag of Somalia, which is uh, the white star on the like pale blue background, right? Yeah, strong flag. Very strong flag. So, what I've got here is that the choice of the colours was influenced by the United Nations flag, in reflection of the role that the UN had played in assisting Somalia to independence. Oh God! Just blue and white had also figured in the coat of arms used by Somalia under Italian administration, but the new national flag symbolising unity and independence became official on June twenty sixth, nineteen sixty. Well, that leads us perfectly to Europe. <laughs> And why Italian? Uh, again, Europeans colonized the Horn of Africa, like much of the rest of Africa. It was the Italians, but I believe it wasn't just the Italians, was it? You guys do the history. Britain was, so Britain and Italy colonized different parts of Somalia. And in, in 1960, British Somaliland and Italian Somaliland united to form an independent nation called Somalia. And that's when they chose that flag as well, I suppose. But in 1969, a military coup brought General Siad Bar to power, and he was authoritarian and was supported by the Soviet Union. That was followed by the civil war in the late 80s and early 90s, and that led to the collapse of the central government. After that, there's a bunch of warlords that came up and a lot of clan-based militias that controlled several parts of the country. And since then... Somalia's kind of been experiencing really severe humanitarian crises. Uh, crises. Uh, crises. Crises. Yeah. Crises. Including famine. And in the 90s, the UN had to intervene to help local populations. But the conflict's still going on now. And Somaliland and Somalia are two different. Well, Somaliland is part of Somalia, but it's its own. Um, I don't well, it's know. not recognized internationally, really. It's is not it? recognized internationally, but it it operates on its own. It doesn't need Somalia. It's actually fairly stable if you ignore the fact that they obviously can't really work with the rest of the world and trade and stuff like that. Mm. But at least it's not as unsafe as the rest of Somalia. I've just been reading through my notes <clears throat> about the history of Somalia. And up until the colonial period, it's 
fascinating. In the Middle Ages, there were lots of like family clans that sort of, there's like a clan family structure that took place across Somalia when families of persecuted Muslims who were fleeing Arabia moved to Somalia. They probably were on boats across the Red Sea or whatever. So that's how Somalia became a Muslim sort of land. And Mogadishu came to prominence as a, as a party town for Arab sailors. Imagine. Really? Yeah. Mogadishu. Exactly. That's yes. the root of Mogadishu. Um, so Muslim Somalia enjoyed friendly relations with neighboring Christian Ethiopia for centuries, despite there being sort of large jihads going around everywhere else in the Arab world. So like all the, like, the Umayyad caliphates and stuff like that. Somalia promised never to attack Ethiopia, but it's pretty difficult to attack Ethiopia because they got really horrible land. It's really hard, not horrible land. They got really like difficult terrain to attack. It's like mountainous and foreboding and dry and horrible. Yeah. Um, but in 1414, an aggressive Ethiopian king called Yeshak I came to the throne and launched a war against Somalia and Djibouti, in which he took over Somalia. But it's also the first time that there was ever a written record of the word Somali. So the Somalians lived under Europe, under Ethiopian domination for about a century. But then around 1530, under the charismatic leadership of Imam Ahmed Gragan, Grag, Gragan, they retaliated, pushing back into Ethiopia, killing loads of Ethiopians. And they were about to absolutely murk all Ethiopians. But they were averted by the timely arrival of a Portuguese expedition led by Pedro da Gama, son of the one and only Vasco da Gama. Portuguese needed help with their activities in the Indian Ocean, so they formed an alliance with their fellow Christians, and a joint Portuguese-Ethiopian force defeated the Muslim army in 1543. So there's a little bit of like life under the Ethiopians again, a bit of life under the Portuguese. But then in the 17th century, Somalia fell under the under the, the sort of dominion, to an extent, of the Ottoman Empire. Ottomans kicked out the Portuguese and claimed sovereignty over the whole, whole of the Horn of Africa. And that leads all the way up to the 1870s, when the scramble for Africa happened. And Ed's history story picked up. So a lot going on in Somalia over the centuries. Yep. I've, I've got guess... a little addition to history. So during the brief period of independence before the Civil War, Somalia issued postage stamps featuring popular Disney characters. Which ones? The popular ones. So I'm guessing Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. Who's the other ones? Donald. Donald. Pluto. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's one as well. Ed, have you ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? I've been to Disneyland, yeah. My, my parents, are probably, we have family fairly distant family actually in in paris and we went to visit them my sister and i wouldn't necessarily like thrilled because we didn't really know them and we're young so we're just like okay i guess we'll go and spend the evening with them the next morning get back in the car and we just drive to disneyland and we're like oh my god that's so cool and what did you what did you do there i i can't remember much to be honest i was very young my sister would remember more than me um i don't know I can't remember. I bought a Pluto plush toy, though, that I still have now. Nerd. How long ago was that? It's in Luxembourg. I don't have it here. It's in my room in Luxembourg at my parents' house. I can't imagine you getting excited for... I can't imagine what a a happy child looks like. Um, What, in general? Yeah, in in general. I can't (laughs) imagine what you would have been like as a happy child. Um, I was maybe, maybe not as stoic as, as I am now stoic. as a child. How old were you when your dad first gave you Marcus Aurelius to read? That'd be really hilarious if I knew what that is. Oh my God. Marcus what? Marcus Aurelius. He's like, it's like one of the most famous stoic Yeah, you texts. fucking moron. God, get, get, get an education, Ed. <laughs> when did Tom say that the first time that I'm a moron for something completely... Kev's, Kev knows all about the Stoics. He's, you know, he's, he's shit hard. I'm not even going to ask him any questions. I know he knows. No, this, is, this is how you look Stoic, though. Yeah. D- this, great on, on, on audio only podcast. That's Just imagine um, everyone. Yeah. Just imagine. It was honestly for a second, like Kev metamorphosized into a, into a piece of rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then slipped back out. But right. do, do you remember that time? Tom called me a moron for not knowing something that was not 
like common knowledge. What was it? Peanuts underground. Oh yeah, that is common knowledge, though. <laughs> I didn't realize either. It is not common knowledge. I just don't get caught in the crossfire. I just act, <laughs> you know. I just don't like, say anything. So, but speaking of speaking of you know delicious subterranean treats, what else do they eat in Somalia? I reckon they eat pasta. They do. And what makes you think that? Italian influence. Uh, they've got one dish which is like noodles and then it's like a stew on top or as they say in uh, in the Sopranos it's the fucking gravy I'm not sure I feel about calling tomato sauce gravy no yeah no, that feels wrong um, but traditional dishes are hilip ari for example which is grilled goat or lamb anjero which is a sourdough pancake anjero and anjero a-N-J-E-R-O. Oh, I pinched that off the Ethiopians. You did? No, they did. Who? Somalis. Is it Somalis or Somalians? Samalians. Samalians. Makes sense. Samalinas. Um, yeah, injera is the is the Ethiopian Eritrean fermented pancake as well. So presumably it's, it's just slightly same, same but different. And then there's also baris iskukaris, which is spiced rice, and sambusa, which is just a, you know, triangle pastry filled with meat and vegetables, and all vegetables. Do you mean a samosa? Yeah, but this one's called sambusa, but I think it's the same thing. Are they just going around pinching everyone else's food? (laughs) (laughs) Looks like it, yeah. I guess it makes sense if they were like a central hub for seafaring trade for centuries, then you're probably going to get the occasional samosa coming through <laughs> and you just sort of hold on to it. Yeah. And also with so much like influence from other cultures. Ed, what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite Indian menu appetizer? I don't know. I don't think I, I just go straight for the mains. Sagaloo, baby. Sagaloo. Interesting. Mm. I sort of flip between pakoras and I do like a dosa when you're sharing it with someone. Mm, yeah. Disappointed by it. What's your normal curry order, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I very rarely have curry. I must have had it like in a proper curry place, maybe like twice. I didn't grow up here, you know? Like this, this is a very weird thing oh, to mate, do. Mate, we got to go for a proper slap up curry. Oh, that's great. I'm going for curry on Christmas Day this year. Oh, yeah. You always go back to the yeah. curry Christmas Day tradition. Yeah, uh, we're going to Urban Tandoor in Bristol. Oh, is that the one that's really famous on TikTok? Yeah, yeah. So we're going there. And uh, when I phoned to book the table, I was like, big fan, big fan. He was like, mate, keep going, keep watching it, keep smiling. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the first, one of the first evenings I was in Bristol when my dad came with me um, when I moved here. We went to Urban Tandoor without obviously knowing that what it would become <laughs> yeah. and how famous he'd be. But oh, so yeah. you liked their first album type of deal? You got in there before? Yeah, I, I was. I was there before it was cool. Before um, they did Korma. <laughs> so that's well, one of the two times I had curry in there. Yeah, well, we're gonna have to get you some bloody curry. Yeah. Quickly, like the uh, one of the most famous people from Somalia. He's pretty quick. who is it my pharaoh oh god yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah he's quick but he also has incredible endurance yeah wait he's oh wait no i'm confusing him with someone else no mo farah is the the long distance runner oh yeah yeah Yeah. have you seen i know it's a different guy but it's the same sort of athletics thing you know uh who's the kenyan runner elliot kipchoge you know the current the he's okay so elliot kipchoge is the current world record marathon holder he's the only person to have run a marathon in less than two hours oh but recently as well he broke yeah it. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he broke it like last year no no so well that's a different person he broke it broke the the New York Marathon or the Boston Marathon in these like special shoes. Have you ever seen people try and run a treadmill at like a Olymp- yeah. re- world record marathon pace? It's 
mental. Yeah. I don't think I can sprint that fast. No, me neither. Uh, Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Somalia sports hitting the headlines a few months ago? No. No. So, <laughs> I was so excited when I remembered that this happened. So, 100 meter race. Oh, I remember that as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. They have the, you know, the small events around the world, and they're in China at this point. And it looks like it was a very last minute addition, but Somalia had the slowest, I think it might have been the slowest 100 meter race, like official, and it was in 22 seconds. When you look, watch the video, it doesn't feel like that. It feels even slower. But it really there's does. There's corruption behind that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, um, isn't it like the head of the sporting association's daughter? Yeah, something like that. She basically is not an athlete and no. got put there next to the athletes and it looks ridiculous. Like she's so slow. She might actually be quite quick for like an average human. I I can't tell. But I don't compared so, to no. the other ones, oh my god, it just looks the, the camera, you know the camera like for a hundred meter sprint like <laughs> follows the the runners. She wasn't even in the shot. <laughs> it's that like, first like five seconds. It's just <laughs> you see her take off and she just disappears within seconds. Yeah, I think it, I think you're being very unkind. She was, no, she we're was just, rubbish. We're just stating facts. Here. She she was many, not as good many, as competitors. How many world class athletic meets have you got to collectively? Well, I've been to. No, yeah. or participated in. I've participated in a few, really. Oh yeah, what no, sport? I thought oh, I thought we were going to go anyway. Um, this wrestling. was a high level thing as well. Like it, it was official and mm. so how come like, she was there? Like it was a big thing, and that's the corruption thing. It, it, it was like, the head of the association's daughter. Yeah, they they uncovered like it was pure corruption. Like there's some better athletes in. in yeah, but to, but to what end? Just just to give her a holiday. And well, then and then there must have been like she just a, wanted to. Well, yeah, she must have wanted to come along for a little trip, but then her dad realized that, oh, shit, I need to make this look legit. <laughs> Maybe like, their first choice, like, I don't know, had a heart attack or something, and it was that whole, like, you know, have we got a doctor in the room? But it was more, have we got someone that could just run? <laughs> have we got someone who can move their legs <laughs> independently? <laughs> 22 seconds is a long time. I feel like I, if I... You could easily do it in 22 seconds. I think I could do it in 15 seconds. And I'm not, I don't think that's much of a brag, is it? No. I have no clue. But I, those, she was slow. Like, it, I thought it would be more than 22 seconds. The video felt longer. Yeah. I'd imagine you're very fast at running, Ed. But does... does mm. le- oh, I mean, apart from uh, Usain Bolt, who doesn't have the traditional sprinting physique... The, the long people end up being fast all the time. I think I think we as a I'm speaking for all long people here. I think we're better at <laughs> endure like long distance running rather than sprinting. But I, I don't know. I feel like fewer steps. Fewer cumulative steps. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple, a, another famous person as well as Mo Farah, was the actor from Captain Phillips, Burkhard Abdi. I think he won a few awards for, for that role. Possible. It was a good good performance. I've not seen it. It's a good film. What's it about? Pirates take over Tom Hanks's boat. And Tom, Tom Hanks feel about Phillips. that? Tom Hanks is upset, but not, like, too upset. Like, he deals with this situation quite well. Good for him. Yeah. It's based on a true story. So, well, that could take us to Somali pirates. Yeah, it could. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
did you did you do much research about it? A bit, yeah. So I only like only really started hearing about them in the two thousands, like mid to late two thousands. You missed that disco phase then. Yeah, I did miss the <laughs> disco phase. <laughs> Uh, so they operate in the waters of the Indian Ocean, particularly in the Gulf of Aden and the Somali Basin. And they target commercial ships, including cargo and oil tankers, and occasionally giant private yachts and fishing boats. And their main job, well, main job, ma- main goal is to hijack ships and hold crew members hostage or sell all the goods that are on the on the boats. But they've made several million dollars from like ransoms and as expected they'd use small fast boats armed with automatic weapons and rocket propelled grenades to approach and board their targets but they basically took advantage of instability in somalia and the there's there's no maritime law enforcement whatsoever basically so you've got all these oil tankers coming through and you've also got giant fishing ships coming through and taking all the all the stocks with no international eye on it whatsoever so they're like they're they're taking our livelihoods so we're just going to go and take it back yeah originally it was just like fishermen villages that would kind of unite get this little boats and attack bigger fishermen bigger boats but then they kind of became warlords when they managed to make that much money and just kept going it's also right next to like you said the gulf was it called gulf of aden yeah, which is right next to the Suez Canal. So, yeah. like, um, a huge portion of the maritime traffic goes through there. And it's the world's busiest, like, doesn't, like, 70% of all oil go through the Gulf of Aden? Yeah, it must do, because Saudi Arabia, Iran, all those countries are right there. Yeah, it's mental. Has Ross Kemp spent time with pirates in Somalia? Surely. I would have thought he has. <laughs> Surely. He must have so. ridiculous in the boat with them. <laughs> what are you going to do? Shoot me? I wonder what he's up to these days. I don't know. We could we should check in. Try and get him on the podcast. God, I'd love to get Ross Kemp on the podcast. I'm, I've got a line in. I, I worked with a guy on that bridge show. Do you remember the one in North Wales? Working on a reality TV show in North Wales. And the sound guy was the sound guy for Ross Kemp on Gangs. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And I showed him Ross Kemp on Gangs. <laughs> Had you not seen it? <laughs> no. And then I showed him Kemp Folds as well. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen Kemp Folds, Ed. I don't think I have. No. Oh, it's it's just basically people getting pictures of Ross Kemp oh, folding no, it at various that. points on his face. So it like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have seen it. They're fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. So that's that's kind of the extent I know about the the piracy. But I kind of like the way they got started a little bit. But now yeah. it's it's kind of mean what they're doing in lots of ways. Like the power. It's kind of mean. Yeah, a bunch bunch of goofballs. But it's also like gone down massively because I guess other countries basically have realised that it's costing them quite a lot of money in insurance and also in ransom. Yeah. Um, so they kind of... Imagine losing that amount of oil, like if you're an oil baron or whatever the fuck they are nowadays. Would you Would you still call them barons? <laughs> call them shakes. Yeah. But then it's just like, oh, that is... I don't know, there'd be hundreds of millions of oil, like mm. worth of oil on a on one of those ships. Yeah, but I guess it's it's the same way that, you know, drug cartels aren't that bothered when one shipment gets seized at the border. Yeah, they've true. Got constant flow going out there. Also, like, I know that they've dropped down the number of like, incidents of hostage taking has dropped because a lot of the big transporter, like the boat transports, the cargo ships, rather, they've got mental security and anti-piracy stuff now. They've got, like, supercharged water cannons that basically make it impossible for boats to pull up alongside because it makes too much of a, s- a swell it's become significantly harder to actually board one of those big boats but they so, can't have actual guns though so that's why they've got water cannons because if they had actual guns and obviously they always fly the flag of one country it'd be illegal in international waters and so got big water guns well just just fly the u.s flag second amendment baby <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought probably at this point in the show, it'd be nice to um, 
talk about this week's sponsor. Oh, this episode is brought to you. in association with Nerpa Travel. So, as you know... Well, Nerpa... this Every episode is brought to you in association with Nerpa Travel, but this one specifically... Because we're pushing... one adventure. Or pushing we things. So, we've been working with a company called Lost to make the world's first electric motorbike adventure event. It's happening in April in Vietnam. If you want to learn more, go to www.lost.travel and then click on Vietnam. It's seven days in Vietnam get your own electric motorbike there's accommodation at the start and finish and in the middle and parties and snake snake organ vodka local food egg good coffee times. egg coffee and also it's for any listeners who are really interested both myself and kevin will be there so you can almost think of it like the entrance fee is is both you could well you can think about the entrance fee in two ways Either you're paying for an amazing event and you get to meet me and Kev, or you're paying to meet me and Kev and you also get an amazing electric motorcycle adventure. I like the second one. Every way you look at it, it's a win. (laughs) It's much nicer than like a a mall meet and greet. Yeah, We'll we'll do one of those in, in Ho Chi Minh as well. Oh, that would be amazing. Just for for our Vietnamese fans. Check out lost.travel at the Vietnam event. It's it's got smackings of Nerpa all over it. Use the um, code Nerpa sixty nine four twenty. Yeah, to get just and, and kudos. Drink. Yeah, we haven't yeah. got any discounts. Thumbs codes. up. Um, high five do, when you get there. You'll be doing us a favor. You'll be doing the world a favor by proving that electric adventure travel is viable. You probably get some sweet Instagram. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Ho Chi Minh Trail. It's coast. It's mountains. It yeah, it caves, waterfalls. Yeah, it just looks bonkers. It looks so nice. I'm really excited to get to Vietnam. We're going in three yeah. weeks, is it? Yeah, three and a bit weeks. I'm so nervous. Look, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've not been away properly matches. to somewhere full of chaos in four years. Have you not been to Azerbaijan's though? Oh, no, that is bonkers. Can we... I, I did tell you about the bread fights, basically. Did I tell you about those? What, in Asda? In Asda, yeah. Holy shit, right. Sundays, 3pm, Asda Bedminster, go right right to the very back of the bakery, and you will see a collection of, well, imagine you get Bedminster and then boil it down into like a syrup or a stock, and you yeah. put it at the bakery. Boffer. <laughs> put it at the bakery. And there's about 25, 20 to 25 people, including me, in a queue. And a guy came out from the bakery and was like, right, guys, no fighting today. <laughs> My manager's <laughs> just back there. And then they wheel out the whoops cart with all the day old bread. And it was like a fucking zombie apocalypse. So is this is this free bread? No, no, it's like 10p. So ah. everyone was like sprawling for these things. And I just saw one bag and I was just like reached over and picked one up just because. And it was five custard donuts for 10p. Wow. So I get it. And I'm going back. (laughs) (laughs) I walked away and I love embarrassing Amanda and I just shouted, someone bit me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm surprised you haven't taken inspiration from, if people don't know, Kev's Kev's part of quite a keen amateur dodgeball league. (laughs) I don't know why you wouldn't just have all the people stand at either end of the either end of the um the shop and put all of the baked goods in the middle and then have like a gladiators are you ready moment or you just get given loads of buns and play dodgeball last person wins all great and good question what what would be your bun of choice for a bread-based fight oh I know. One year, one year, one day old sourdough roll would be quite hard. It'd be very effective. I was going to go for an old rye. Dense. Dense. Good choice. Like a club. <laughs> I was going to, I'd go for a ciabatta, mini ciabatta. You throw it end over end like a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> you just or get boomerang. a pizza, use it as a frisbee. You could use that. No, you use Peter as a shield. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Anyway, Lost Doc Travel, check us out. Come see us in Vietnam. Yeah, it's going to be a fun trip. It's going to be a very fun trip. I think we all fucking need it, especially after Crete. Speaking of shit, 
<laughs> no, don't have a segue. There's an animal called a Somali wild ass. That's a pretty good segue. Yeah. What does it, what, what does comes it out like? of asses? Shit. Yeah, shit. Speaking of shit. Uh, Somali wild asses are a critically endangered species of donkey um, and is one of the few wild asses species uh, left in existence. And it's very well adapted. It looks like, you know, you get a cartoon drawing of a donkey. It looks like one of those. But it's got like zebra striped legs. Love it. What's the difference between an ass and a donkey? I think asses might be wild, maybe. And what's a mule? Is that a donkey and a horse? I think so. Donkey versus ass. Oh, that could lead somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to go incognito for those type of searches. Yeah, ass and donkey is interchangeable. That's a shame. Well, I've got from from slightly genuine animals to slightly less genuine animals. My weekly cryptid slightly is, <laughs> is the is is pronounced. It's called the deep. It's spelled D-I-B, but it's pronounced deep. It's said to be a bear-like animal about two to two and a half foot high at the shoulder and four foot long. So it's pretty small with light fur, which is either shorter or sparser than that of a bear's. However, it is a herbivore. It's considered dangerous and is feared for its habit of ramming and overturning cars. Strong. However, okay. it is also a rare animal due to being overhunted and said to live in desert regions. Several cryptozoologists, which is basically the world's biggest cop-out job ever, <laughs> have suggested <laughs> that the deep sounds like a hyrax, no modern species of which is known to exceed two foot in length. George Ebhart lists the theory that it may be an undiscovered undescribed giant species of known rock hyrax or bush hyrax. Carl Schuker, on the other hand, simply notes that it resembles no known living species and that prehistoric giant hyraces are believed to have either gone extinct many millions of believed to have gone extinct many millions of years ago. So they think it's a giant hyrax. I've never heard of a hyrax. Um, oh they're quite cool. They're like they look a little bit like a capybara, but smaller. That makes sense. And they've got like two little fanged teeth. Okay. They're really cool little things. So yeah, so apparently this is this is Somali's potential cryptid. And that is actually a real cryptid, not some nonsense animal or person like I normally do. It was quite a big thing for science. There was an animal that they thought was extinct for ages. I think it was like 50, 60 years. It was rediscovered in 2020 and it's a Somali elephant shrew. I've heard about this. What does the elephant shrew do? Is it just a big shrew? Or does it hang out with elephants? Well, it's, got, it's got big ears, hasn't it? I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? No, not really. It's got a long old schnoz. Ah, it's something that resembled an elephant then. Yeah. They look they look like bandicoots, almost. They just look like a mouse with a long face, basically. Small. Yeah. Did you Have you guys seen the algal bloom that they have over there? No. So you know, like, bioluminescent plankton, like, yeah. lights up in the water. Yeah, it's been so big before that they've been able to see it from space. Or just in in the Gulf of Aden, in yeah. in the Indian Ocean, out right. like just off the coast of Somalia. Yeah, that's amazing. Bonk. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I've I've seen it a couple of times. Like one of the first times I went scuba diving, went on a night dive, and then you'd settle on the bottom and you'd like wave your hands around. And they'd start glowing. Bonkers. That's cool. And then that when in, you see like waves Gilly. crashing on the shore as well, it, like flashes blue. Can you could you write things in it with your hands, <laughs> or draw without it? Yeah, I, you know you know where this is going, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Paintings? Did <laughs> no, no? If you could if you could draw things with your hands in the bioluminescence, did you draw a penis? That would be the go-to thing. Obviously, that would be the first choice. Pen to paper is a dick. Um, I'm all out with Somalia. I'm all Somalia out. I got a couple. Wrestling, known as Kiyaragur, is a Somali sport that holds a special place in culture. The traditional rules are two participants who engage in a contest and basically throw each other off balance onto the ground. So it's not pinning. You have to like throw them. So like traditional wrestling, you need to pin their shoulders. It's whoever comes off their feet first. Talking about wrestling, have you heard of camel wrestling? Camel wrestling. Actually, we've not really spoken about camels and how they how important they are. They're really important. 
for mainly economic reasons because they can carry shit. <laughs> yeah. And also they give a lot of milk. So uh, it's very important for like Somalia and their nomadic culture. Do but they eat also, them as well? I don't know if they eat them actually. Um, I yeah, guess I suppose so. they would eat the old ones because they really need the healthy ones to work. Mm. I'm not sure, but they do have camel wrestling in some parts of Somalia, and two way? male camels just have oh, to yeah fight. That's disappointing. I thought it would be one or several men versus a camel. Oh, that's how you it would be much more entertaining. <laughs> that is it, there's a story of a camel biting a man's head off. <laughs> no, there isn't. Yeah, they've got big mouths. They're enormous. I can't remember last time I saw a camel, apart from that zoo in Russia depressing but morocco i don't think i saw a camel in morocco they were all over the start line all over the desert i was too busy having a nervous breakdown yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all were. <laughs> i remember yeah, seeing camels in turkmenistan and obviously because we did the rally we drove there and i remember thinking we drove to a place they've got like we drove from the UK where you've got, if you're lucky, you see a deer, maybe a fox in the city or something like that. And we drove to a place where they've just got wild camels roaming around. And I was like looking at the window on the road, seeing camels. I was like, wow. It's what, what, what camels have they got in Turkmenistan? Are they back, Bactrian? Mm. It's Bactrian. the one with one, one bump. The dromedarian, I think they're called. Interesting. I thought they'd have had two bump ham- camels there. No, it was definitely just one bump. How many types of camel are there? I thought there was just two. Dromedary? Dromedary? Yeah, dromed, yeah, that's the one with one bump, I think. Dromedary is one bump. Bactrian is the the cold weather, woolly, two pump. Two pump? Two hump. Two pump jump. I do like a camel. About no, 90% of the world's camels are dromedary. Also known as the Arabian. Oh wow, wow! All existing dromedary camels are domesticated. Wow. Well, at some point in like, what do you mean? Truly, these wild ones. Oh yeah, no, not not of no, dromedary. No, no. I guess they they're just they just wild pasture then. Wow, that's bonkers. Well, but there's also a ton of camels. I don't know which type in uh, in Australia. Yeah. Why are they? Because they're definitely not domestic. They were imported. They're, they're Bactrians. No, they're, they're dromedary. Domedary. But they're not domesticated now. Like, they just... Yeah, they are. Really? Still? I think they farm them for whatever purposes. Bactrian camels are mega rare as well, I think. Yeah. I've definitely seen one. What, a Bactrian in the wild? No. Ah. No. No, I haven't Fair seen enough. one in the wild. Um, I've got live? Uno Mass information. Yes, go on. So we've never spoken about it. It's people using mobile phones uh, for their monies, dealing with their finances through mobile phones, not using bank accounts. They, It's mo- like mobile carriers basically act as a intermediary for sending people money. So it's basically a, digi- a digital wallet, I guess. And... Um, so yeah, you can deposit money to other people into your bank. It's basically just a banking app, but provided by a phone service. So you can like text it as opposed to having to log in. Oh, they they do that in Russia. Oh, do they? You might you might remember this. Every now and again, when you get a taxi in Russia for whatever reason, even though it is that literally their fucking profession to accept payment for the transport of you. They never seem to have change. Do you remember this, Kev? <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, and every now and again, they'd just ask me to like text it to them, and I had to try and explain that I'm clearly foreign and don't use a Russian bank account. So how the fuck can I do that? And Still also, sausages. also as a taxi driver, why do you not have change? <laughs> it's just daft. That's like the third thing you would check, right? You'd like keys, petrol. Yeah, I, I better get some change in. <laughs> Tire pressure is important as well. But oh, yeah. yeah. That's not, not in that part of the world. <laughs> no, none of those things matter. <laughs> I So, over, over this is a bit of an aside. Over the weekend, no, over the weekend, uh, last Thursday, I went on the drive, my wife. We went, went to Amsterdam. And um, 
I uh, you, wait. You drove to Amsterdam last week, and you haven't mentioned that. Well, it didn't come up. Um, <laughs> and I. It's like when you forgot we did a German episode. You forgot to mention you cycled across the country. Like... That's not exciting, though, is it? Um, <laughs> and. And to be honest, what I'm telling you now is the dullest part of the whole trip. But yeah, this already I, doesn't I, sound exciting, Tom. You're not selling it. I decided to check my tire pressures. Have I'm you ever done that, sure. Ed? Yeah, often, actually. Really? Yeah, because to be fair, it's because I used to drive a lot for work with like tons of equipment, which would be very heavy. So to use up less petrol, it's very important to check your tire pressure and then take some air out when you get rid of the stuff. Just... I was I was shocked by how low my tire pressures were. You save so much pet like you genuinely save so much petrol if you check your tire pressure. Please do, listeners and Tom. Safety yeah. first. But then you know that's that's the low light. Highlight was, um, I went to the sickest bakery in Amsterdam and uh, thoroughly enjoyed my afternoon. I went to an exhibition about microbes. When you say bakery, was it a fun bakery or? Yeah, the funnest type of bakery. Nice, a disco bakery. Disco bakery, um, and then, yeah, I went to this went to this museum where they had this like two story exhibition on microorganisms. So they had like microscopes and oh. Oh, it was it was exactly what you want to see when you're in that state. And yeah, then I went to Bruges. Bruges was lovely. Nice. I had so momos. Did you did you do anything outside of the the edibles did you do anything classically amsterdam a lot of walking a lot of canals any cycling no no cycling it was it was because if you remember on thursday and friday of last week there was that storm happening oh yeah so it was gross um had some waffles and no window shopping with the lady Oh, a lot of window shopping. Oh, okay. A lot of book shopping. Oh, for God's of... sake. You know where I'm going with this, Tom. Did you see any boobies? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> window shopping. <laughs> yeah, I saw them all. It's, I haven't been to Amsterdam for like 11 years. And when I was there last, I was with all of my uni mates. So it was slightly different vibes when going with your wife. Yeah. Uh, but still always a joy to, to see a prostitute in the window. <laughs> smile at you um, it's it's weird it's it weird really thing. is weird especially at like 10 in the morning there's something very special about seeing you know a british person come out of a prostitute's door mid-morning at 10 a.m yeah like which, it... what point of the day are you at <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Start your day off with a bang. Well, have you been out for so long that you're like, oh, it's yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's what I did. I, I don't know. I didn't mention it. I didn't think it was. I mean, to be like fair, we, we did. We were talking about Somalia, so it kind of it's not the first thing to think about. Yeah. Also, it's quite a big Somali community in in South Wales in Cardiff. Nice little factoid for you there. That is. And the one thing we didn't mention: it's always easy to spot a Somali. I hope I am saying something that isn't like slightly. No, they they have a a famous look. Like they, there's a lot of models from that area of Africa that have, you know, kind of hit front pages in America. There's actually one of the very famous people, like number one, even before Mo Farah was. God, what's her name? Iman. She's um yeah, really famous supermodel all over Vogue and and that type of shit. But they're they're very uh, like very recognizable people thanks i'm so glad you backed me up on that I, was, I, was, I felt like i was like veering into slightly dodgy territory but yeah cool where are we going next usual question where do you want to go not africa yeah i'm over oh. it yeah I okay we are going to oh my god somewhere in africa i think we might have to combine this with another country or not Liechtenstein. Wow, one hundred and sixty square kilometers. I think let's stick to Liechtenstein, and we have to just work our fucking asses off to get some interesting stuff. I mean, Liechtenstein. I'm happy. I'm very happy with Liechtenstein. I mean, it's going to make me feel so good, (laughs) so superior. Because they they hate the Portuguese more, don't they? Oh oh my god! Did you say it's going to make you feel superior as well, Ed? 
Yeah, in terms of size. Wow. Whoa. Uh, um, sorry, sorry for everyone. Uh, sorry, everyone, for Ed's behavior. God. And then we are going to no way San Marino. All right. Should we have do? You, the... Have you got some sort of filter on? No accident. No, it's just random. Should we do both of them together in one episode? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do 20 minutes each. Yeah, <laughs> Many countries get many episodes. I mean, San Marino is 61 square kilometers. That's that's like 100 square kilometers less than Liechtenstein, I think I said. Right. But but we do know that there's a pizzeria in San Marino. And loads of statues. We do know that. Why do we know that? Because we were talking about Have we done San Marino already? Oh, no, it was the guy I met from San Marino. Yeah, with all the statues. What? Where's this statue thing come from? Yeah, I don't know what the statue is. I thought it was you that told me that. No, that you, you, you're confusing with North Macedonia, I think. Oh. But the San Marino story is like a different episode where I met some guys from San Marino whose granddad never left the country because he had a good pizzeria there and didn't need to go to Italy for pizza. Okay. Anyway. Well, you can hear all about the other pizzeria in San Marino. Um <laughs> If there is one. And then the second episode can be the Dominican Republic. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, that's a jazzy one. <laughs> Everyone like, subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff. What are the other ones, Ed? Go Lost to Vietnam. Lost dot travel, Vietnam. Yeah, and we'll cool. see you in the two smallest countries in Europe next week. And the week after, we'll be in the Dominican Republic. Hell yeah. All right, well, goodbye, everyone. Love you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.